welcome to A Ghost Stories. I'm Gabby. I'm Kim. And uh, we're a part of the ghosts, the advanced ghost hunters of Seattle, Tacoma. And we are here to share our tales of ours and others' firsthand paranormal experiences that bring us back again and again to share our evidence. 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 We have a guest with us today. We We have a super special guest, guys. A VIP VP. VIP VP. We have Miss June Antoinette Nixon with us today. Hi, June. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me on. This is awesome. I know. We're so excited. We've literally talked about you in like two to three episodes in the past. (laughs) We were like, June has a great story about that. We've told everyone about you. They all know who you are. And they all know that you have some really good stories. Uh-huh. Do I have to change my identity now? Is is this going to be a thing? <laughs> I think we already know what your alter identity is. Because, guys, June was so cool in high school that she was in a punk band and her name was Cherry Poppins. Like, yes, for real, true. for real, it's a true story and this makes me have, like, the most utter respect. Yes. I'm I'm also now made it my life's goal to find video footage of this punk band. <laughs> and I feel like Junior costume for I'm, Halloween needs to your former self i am so old now that this was like before um you know video cameras so sorry oh my god no it wasn't <laughs> i don't, I don't know that before video cameras <laughs> Here's why that is not true i unless I, it was like the 1850s or something in which case your moisturizer is phenomenal and truly you know, i had no idea that punk stemmed from the 1850s yes so. it did it did <laughs> also does that mean you're a ghost yes it could be it could be mm-hmm. i mean that's why i'm so good at what i do yes <laughs> um, so, um actually i probably have a cassette tape i don't know if you young ladies know what a cassette tape is i know what a cassette tape is um hi i i'm sitting in my my condo right now with a boom box with a cassette player in it oh my goodness oh wow so basically kim is ready she's ready always <laughs> and forever awesome well so june speaking <laughs> of the ghost world yes uh how did you start investigating what what made you want to become an investigator well in all honesty i was it was kind of after my divorce i had my new apartment i was sitting there watching some of the ghost shows and i thought you know i would really love to do that and then i thought well why the hell can't i do it now you know i don't have some deadbeat husband unintended pulling me down, pulling me down, you know, and everything. I can do whatever I want. Mm -hmm. And then, but the more I watched these ghost shows, I was like, this is all a bunch of crap. (laughs) It really is. Mm -hmm. And actually prove that this is all a bunch of, you know, this all made up. It's all fake. Um, There really isn't any ghost. There's nothing paranormal. This is ridiculous. So I said, but I'm going to go and I'm going to take these classes. I'm going to, you know, learn everything I can. And then I'm going to get my own group and kind of keep everyone honest. <laughs> <laughs> that was like my whole, Oof. my whole thing. 
So um, I did. That's kind of how I started off. I started taking a lot of these classes, uh, you know, these ghost hunting 101 classes. They had, some, they have some every once in a while at the, at uh, what is it, University of Washington. That's that's when I first started. Yeah, yeah, they used to. They don't so much anymore. Yeah, I, I started taking that class. I think it was about 2005 when I when I was taking some of the classes, and uh, you know, it was just really I I just felt a surge when I was doing it. And I was just like, wow, I just really like to do this. Were you possessed? I was not yet. <laughs> not yet. That comes later. Got That's it. later in my story. Got no. it. <laughs> no, sadly, I have not been possessed like, you know, a certain character from one of the shows. Um, <laughs> possessed every single episode, you know, damn it. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it was just really strange. Uh, I, you know, got in it to prove it was all a bunch of crap. And then I had this profound experience that I couldn't explain. And after that happened, I was like, oh, maybe something is going on out there. And then I had to actually convince myself, you know, because sometimes if you're a really hard skeptic and you see something you can't explain, your little mind is going to try to explain it any way possible. But I had to really stand back and say, June, um, you saw that and you know you saw it and there is no explanation for that shadow. You know, I saw a shadow person. There's no explanation for that shadow person and, you know, you're just going to have to say <laughs> that was not your imagination. You saw it. And then, of course, you know, a few minutes later, someone else saw, you know, a shadow person in the same area so it was like a little valid you know validation but but Can uh I ask yeah a question really quick about that because i'm so curious what was the where were you when that happened like what were you doing an investigation or did you just yes. happen to see it well actually it was at the walker ames house <gasps> when i had my um, very first paranormal experience my very first mm -hmm. um and um it was on the second floor and i just happened to look over because I thought my friend um, who was in another room, I actually thought it was him in the hallway. Hmm. And I started going over towards it saying, you know, what are you doing? What are you talking? You know, why are you in the hallway? Because he had just said, I'm getting this feeling that we really shouldn't be in this hallway, that something might be here. And I think we should stay clear of it. So I was going to be a smart ass. Like, why are you in the hallway? You just told us all not to be there. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> You know, ah. I really wouldn't have said it like that. You know, I'm just like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> but, um, so I start to walk towards it, and it came towards me and disappeared. And uh, I was like, what just happened? And I was like so floored that I actually went, you know, into the little hallway, and I said, Neil, were you just in that hallway? And he was like. No, nobody was in the hallway. I said, no, someone was in that hallway. Mm -hmm. And I was getting mad because I knew I had seen something. And so that I was like trying everything to debunk it. I even went outside and got a leaf, put it in the little shape of a person and put it up to the window. And it's a stained glass window. It was like, you know, it's just... <laughs> was like then I thought maybe a bird landed on the window in the shape of a person but you know but the more I started thinking about things you know your brain starts working and it's like wait a second it's 4 30 in the afternoon the shadows are all elongated this shadow was standing straight up and down 
And, you know, there's just no explanation for that whatsoever. But mm. anyway, yeah, that was like my first, you know, profound kind of experience. And after that then is when I started to find a group. And I found a group. My first group was King County Paranormal Investigations. Mm-hmm. And um, I met some great people in that group. Uh, the leader, uh, he was very kind of military acting. Everything was very precise. Everything was, you know, no fun, no, you know, it was, it was very, let's just say it was very precise, um, everything. But, um, and then, um, after that, uh, we kind of left that group because things got a little crazy. And, um, I had another group that <clears throat> I, I, helped with and it was by my friend Todd and Todd was this larger than life guy that um just he wanted the whole paranormal community to get along and get together and have you know conferences and talk with each other and he was like this really big advocate and so all of a sudden he and I had our own little radio show and he was like this amazing natural person to do, you know, podcasts and radio shows. And, um, so, I mean, we had like these, um, we had all of these really well-known paranormal celebrities on our show, you know, Christopher St. Booth, um, John, Johnny Hauser from the Villisca Axe Murder House, um, um, so many others, but we had them um, who were on a lot of other shows, who had their own shows, and, you know, it was like this really big thing. So one day he was talking about this one guy that was local in the Seattle area, or Seattle-Tacoma area, and he said, oh, his name's Ross Allison, and I said, we don't need anyone local on our show. We've got, we're big time now. We don't need any of these local hick crappy, you know, especially from, you know, especially from Tacoma, but, you know, not that I'm to make sure Ross hears that part, excuse me, (laughs) messaging him right now. No, I didn't mean it, you know, just like that, but. But one of the things was, you know, because I was like, we're big time, we don't need local people, we need, you know, you know, hopefully I thought we were going to get Johnny's office next, you know, things like that, so. But Todd's because, no, we're going to have this guy on here. He really knows what he's talking about. So I was like, okay. <laughs> but as soon as Ross, and this was Ross Allison, he's the president of a ghost. As soon as he was on the show, I was like, oh, my God, this guy knows, you know, what he's talking about. He was, like, so knowledgeable <laughs> and so, you know, good. And, of course, Todd then invited him to an investigation we had on, on that Saturday night. The, thing, the problem with my friend Todd was he couldn't say no to people. So sometimes in investigations, we would have 30 to 40, sometimes 60 people at an investigation. That's not effective. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, and it was my job to keep them all quiet. Oh, good luck. luck. <laughs> How do you keep <laughs> ghost hunters quiet? Yes, yes. And let four people in at a time. So, you so kill them. Just yeah. kidding. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it was one of those things, and it was hilarious because I remember the first time that um, 
Ross and his friend Ed had come had come into the investigation and he was just so sweet and so warm and you know just a sweetheart and uh, I remember he kept looking around at all the people there <laughs> so do you usually have this many people at an investigation hmm. I was like yes can you please talk to him <laughs> so anyway that's kind of how Ross and I met um and um it was pretty funny because then Ross invited Todd and I and him and Ed on a little investigation at uh was it the Comedy Underground mm. and uh which was an amazing investigation actually and just to show Todd how amazing it is to only have four people on investigation. <laughs> <laughs> look look yeah. how good it can be so that's kind of how it was. But then, sadly, my friend Todd passed away from, from uh, cancer. Oh, sad. And, uh, so Ross kind of inherited me. <laughs> and then <laughs> I, I started helping, like, clean up at Spooked in Seattle when they were first moving in and everything and helped organize a lot of the other groups to come and help clean and, and get everything ready. So, so that's kind of me in a nutshell. That's awesome very long nutshell sorry no 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 it was it was good information though so you i mean but you've been with uh you've been with a ghost then for uh i think officially see because i just started to get to know ross about seven years ago mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i think officially maybe six years ago i was trying to think how long todd passed away but uh, then after that i uh i yeah i just made it official <laughs> just kind of did that but was it was it facebook official um, you know, I don't think I was on Facebook. Well, maybe I was. Yeah, actually, I did get like my... MySpace days. <laughs> MySpace, MySpace official. Was it like, what is it? Was it telegrams that I used to send them? Was we it telegram it was, official? Was or was it just like a cup and a string? Yeah, like, <laughs> that was like my whole, you know, investigation thing. Just cups and strings. <laughs> That's how you talk to the ghost. You just put a cup at one end. Talk at your Hello. 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 <laughs> Please say hi. Please I really, I really want to try that experiment now in an investigation. If you we know, do I'm a cup and a string, I'm actually thinking about that now. It's mm. like, hmm. let's get That's that really funny. That's you so talk in your ear, and they just so like whisper have, weird things. Just think what all the evidence, 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 evidence. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's the evidence echo, the evidence I, hallway I echo. Love the evidence echo. It's my favorite. Now I'm gonna start <laughs> doing that all the time. I say that word. <laughs> but like around people who have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. So like at yes. work, and just yeah. somebody says something, you're like, you mean the evidence? Maybe like uh, someone's gonna think you murdered someone. <laughs> <laughs> like it's legit gonna yeah. be someone thinks that you murdered someone, and that you're like, trying to hide your evidence of the murder. <laughs> I want to be in a board meeting for some, I don't know what, because I'm not in a board anywhere, but I want to be in a board like meeting a board? for something. <laughs> no. But I, now I'm going to join a board just so at some point someone can say something and I get to say, you mean, evidence. <laughs> yes, I and then it would have to be a part of the official minutes for this board that I just whispered. And they would put in parentheses, whispered. <laughs> it's like if it's not whispered, it's not legit. I'm just oh, saying. You're totally right. And by oh. the way, Evidence is our drinking game word of this episode yep. again. I got, I got to catch up. Yeah, Kim's like <laughs> chugging wine right now, so it's perfect. Um, but June, I actually have a legit question for you. Yes. So, like, 
have you done investigations outside? Like, cause I, I know you've done, you've traveled. Yeah. So like, where are some like interesting places that you've done investigations? Well, yes, we have traveled all over the world. Um, you know, like overseas and in the UK, we've done so many just cool, amazing investigations and castles and, um, We've, you know, been to Edinburgh and Roswell (laughs) Castle for four days, which was incredible because there's like three layers of dungeon underneath it. We got to explore everything and we had some really cool things happen there. And um, we were at Chillingham Castle, which is one of the most haunted castles in the UK, um, which was incredible because we were walking in the haunted woods at one o'clock in the morning. That sounds I amazing. <laughs> I usually don't condone walking in nature at one o'clock in the morning, but it was so isolated. And, um, you know, it, it was, I, I mean, it, I didn't feel, I didn't feel scared because I, they said that there were no bears. You know, that's important to me. Walking no bears. Lions and tigers. They got the lions and tigers though. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. no bears. Or serial killers. <laughs> yes. You know, there probably were serial serial killers, but I did not see them. So Lions and tigers and serial killers. Oh, my. And that's well, how they hide their evidence. Exactly. I mean, when I'm hiding my evidence, I mean, wait, I've said too much. <laughs> yes, you said too much. <laughs> Damn it. But anyway, we yeah, we have, and we've, we've been to several um, places in Italy and, and uh, just so many cool places. But... One of the places I really like locally around Seattle is um, the old Homestead Restaurant. Oh, I'm intrigued. This yes, yes. It was the old Homestead Restaurant in West Seattle. And uh, we got to investigate that several times. Um, you know, it's been about, I think, about four years ago, I think, um, since the last time we got to investigate it because the person that owned it at the time sold it and now they have finally remodeled it and they have turned it back into a restaurant. And I think it's called El Nido. Yep. El Nido, um, yeah. Is there was a, well, I mean, there's a yes. long history there. It's been a long, it's been yeah. around for a very long time. I um, actually uh, happened to do some research. <gasps> well, Gabby, dude. So, I mean, June and I are just on this wavelength. She's so where psychic, though, I think. I, you know, that's why I like the ghosts is because I'm, no, I'm really not. I just am <laughs> just a little intuitive, if you will. Um, Googleative. I'm Googleative. Yes, that's a great word. I love it. Can that be can that be our other our other uh, episode words? Googleative. <laughs> we should use it as a hashtag on our Instagram. Google- hashtag Googleative. Googleative. And I'll start um, posting things on that too. Yes. <laughs> nice. But okay, cool. So I, June, I'm gonna take the mic from you. Go right. You ahead. take that mic, girl. <laughs> and I'm gonna give everybody a little background information. <laughs> History lesson. Yes. Um, because, you know, I'm Googleative. You're Googleative. <laughs> you know how to work the Google. I know how yes. to use the interwebs. Um, <gasps> You're so good on the interwebs. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> I try. <laughs> um, but yeah. And then, so I'll, I'll get some information. I'll give you some history. And then I'll throw it back to you, June. And you can tell us a little bit about your experience when you visited. Does that sound cool. good? That sounds great. All right. Cool. 
So it was originally called the Alki Homestead, not Alki. I got it right this time. <laughs> yeah. Were you saying Alki before? Yeah, it last episode. Al- you're like, like Holic, did you say? And I'm like, I'm not local in Surrey. <laughs> like that's, I, man, it's. I think I sometimes forget because we do have some interesting names for some things, and I sometimes forget that it's not intuitive for people to say things certain ways, <laughs> yeah, like squim. Correct. Or like most cities in the Washington vicinity. Yes, that's true. Um, Like I remember when I first moved here, I tried to pronounce Puyallup and I could not for my life do it. Did you call it Puyallup? Because I've had people do that. But I literally had someone tell me to think of like, pew, pew, Puyallup, (laughs) to like remember how to pronounce it. That's how I'm going to be thinking about Puyallup now. But it works. Like it literally helps. Pew, Puyallup. (laughs) <laughs> you do what you got to do. Anyway, Alki. Pronounce Alki. Alec. <laughs> Did I say Alki? Wait, what? No, no, that was me being oh a dick. Oh my god. <laughs> listen. Linda. Listen. Linda. Okay. So the Alki Homestead, this is how far we've gotten. Um, now is yes, Junior, correct. It's called uh El Nido now. Um, but they recently reopened in May in 2019, and it's wild because when we were talking a little bit about the homestead prior to recording, I decided to just go on the El Nido website and see, like, what do the reservations look like? I like myself a good Italian restaurant from time to time. And, like, you have to legit put in reservations, like, two months in advance. It's kind of crazy. Oh, that's nuts. I know. But you could also, um, I think you can put give them your email address, and then they'll send you any, like, openings that if you mm. cancel. Right. Um, but it's a pretty serious restaurant. I know that the creator of the restaurant also owns a couple places in downtown. So it's a, an addition to his lineup. But okay. originally... Um, it was known as the Fur Lodge, and it's a historical landmark that's 115. Like tree, not like fur. Floofy. Not like floofy cat Fur Lodge. That would be weird. Um, no, it's fur as an F-I-R. Um, lodge, yes. But <laughs> Dennis Schilling purchased it in 2013, and he's the one who decided to restore the homestead and even did some of the restoration himself, which is kind of cool. Oh, wow. And, that's impressive. Yeah, so then he ended up selling it to the owner of the restaurant now but then that's kind of like the recent history but as far as if we go back go back in your brains in our time machine in our time machine to um because wayne's world is a wonderful movie and um (laughs) wayne's world part time excellent i I am like literally garth as a female so you know it is what it is, ah, is awesome. i love it oh if you were wondering who i am that's who i am um but anyway it was built by fred l farren spelled f-e-h-r-e-n um for william j bernard and his wife gladys barnett in 1903 and bernard was actually the owner and manager of the seattle soap company and he was very wealthy so he had hired farren to build this this home and it was one of the first permanent homes in an area that mainly housed like summer camps and like cabins but no one actually lived there year-round so they were some of the first people to live there all the time in this Hmm. beautiful home and it was a rustic style made of douglas fir logs not made out of douglas fir cats (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> and that's why. <laughs> you see what I did there? Um, I, I do see that. I do. I'm, I'm glad you saw that. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's why it's called the Fur Lodge is because it's made out of Douglas Fur Logs. Um, and after living there for more than about like three years, the Bernards were like, you know, we're far away from the city. Um, it the social scene was changing a little bit and they decided to move back to the city. Um, according to Gladys, the Alki area was just way too far from the social scene that was offered in the city versus what the social scene looked like in West Seattle and the ferry didn't run at night. So they were just, Oh yeah. That's when they still had the the ferry there too. That's right. Yeah. So, um, they had a daughter, her name was Marie Alberta. And she actually had to commute to the city every day by ferry to attend school. And there was no streetcar service from downtown to West Seattle at the time. That didn't start till like 1907. Mm -hmm. So that was part of the reason why they ended up moving back to the city. So when they moved back to the city, um, the Seattle Auto and Driving Club purchased the Fur Lodge and um, its adjoining carriage house, um, which is now the Log House Museum. So that happened oh. in uh, June of 1907. It's a little bit further back. It's on the block over. Yeah. Hmm. So that's where they used to keep their carriage, which is kind of cool. Hmm. A lot of old homes of those times used to have an entire house just for a carriage. So it was a pretty narnar drive from Seattle to Alki Beach by motor car. Um, and so the members of the Seattle Auto and Driving Club would stay there and hang out there to pass the time. So after West Seattle began um, popular and congested, because everyone, it was like the cool thing to do was to go right. there and hang. It wasn't really quiet anymore and an escape place. It started to be very popular to hang out at the beach. The lodge ended up becoming used as a private residence and a boarding house and was no longer a place that would allow people to visit openly. Um, hmm. So- More exclusive. Exactly. So it was a private, mm -hmm. A private home for a while. Okay. So fast forward to 1950. So in 1950, the Fur Lodge was purchased by. <laughs> this is going to be your new boyfriend, Kim. Um, <gasps> Detail. His name is um, Swend Nielsen. <laughs> Swend. Oh, you're going to swoon for Swend. I'm going to swoon for Swend. <laughs> and uh, it would be more like Svend. Is was he? Um, is it maybe it was? was I'm just. Uh, it's spelled. S W E N. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was pronounced Svend. 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 Nielsen. And Fred. Fredrickson. Fredrickson. <laughs> also, in, in case you didn't like your first name enough, they added it to your last name too. <laughs> Fred. 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 Um, well, because that's the the son of Fred. Thing that you know we add that to the that's why yeah, they have a lot of the so redundant anyway <laughs> so they decided swen and fred they were like we're buds we're gonna turn this into a restaurant and they called it the alki homestead so that's when it was officially named the alki homestead it was in 1950 hmm. I okay. yeah and they actually did not know what they were getting themselves into and had <laughs> no idea how to run a restaurant so they only lasted for a few years and in 1955 um they decided to get rid of it because they couldn't handle it. Oh, wow. And someone else purchased it. Then they ended up selling it to Doris P. Nelson in 1960. And so lots of people knew Doris. She was known very well for 
uh, the history at the homestead. She actually created the entire theme at that location with old-fashioned down-home cooking, quote-unquote. Okay. Um, they had an old-fashioned dining room, antiques, and everything was served family style. So, like, large Ooh. dishes sold or served for large groups. So, people would gather there with large families and friends and have dinner together. And she oh, that's actually, cool. Yeah, it's almost like <laughs> I just had dinner at Buca de Beppo today. So, I'm kind of <laughs> like Buca de Beppo, but not Italian. Except and probably... I'm not going to be a dick. Okay, never mind. <laughs> so um, Nelson actually lived upstairs with her two children while running the entire business on her own. So, you know. Good for her. Go. Go, Doris. Doris is, is the shit. She's great. Um, I'm coming to get you, Kim. You're coming I'm, to get you. Kim, how did they find me? They found your evidence. Evidence. You shouldn't have left that evidence. <laughs> Um, anywho. Me alive. <laughs> so anyway, so Nelson actually lived there for a really long time and she lived there through, um, I, I believe she ran her business all the way until she was super old. And in 2004, she passed away. Um, so she passed away at age 80 of pneumonia. And oh. before she passed though, they made, uh, the homestead a Seattle landmark in 1996 and they like shouted out Doris in it too because she had been running the business for such a long time there. They just like walked down the halls and they were like, Doris! 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 Yes, Doris! Yes, Doris! Yes! And in 2004, well, actually, sidebar, take note that Doris lived upstairs because I know that that's when we talk about some like haunted stuff there's some okay. things that have gone on. So Doris is the longest like tenant that lived there and functioned Ooh. there. Um, but in 2006, Tom Lynn and Patrick Henley purchased the location and put the business on the market while maintaining ownership of the building. So they sold the space to be able to be used as a restaurant, but they still own the building. And then in 2009, there was a fire. Very bad fire. Super yeah. bad fire. Um, it was actually caused by faulty Christmas lights. Yeah. Uh, damn you, Christmas. You know, it's so funny because, you know, when I first heard it was fire, my initial thought was, you know, that it was from the kitchen, you know, of course, at mm-hmm. a restaurant. But then you hear it was probably like 62, you know, lights plugged into, you know, one plug. And then yeah, that's literally what it was. Yeah. It was like an over surge of power from Christmas lights in one plug. Mm. Um, and it happened overnight. God, that's really bad. And firefighters responded to it pretty immediately and put out the blaze in like 20 minutes. So they did it pretty quickly. Um, however, there was a lot of damage to the building. Yeah, that's um, an understatement. Yeah. Yeah, there's $40,000 worth of damage. And Jeez. Lynn estimated it would take probably six months to repair the fire and smoke damage because while there were areas that didn't physically get burned, the smoke affected it so horribly that it would need to be like completely redone. Um, the entire dining room was destroyed. There were um, lots of museum-worthy collectibles and antiques that were destroyed and a lot of history that was destroyed that couldn't be replaced. And the massive stone fireplace um, from the dining area actually kept the fire from spreading to the rest of the parts of the first floor. And the second floor, an entire roof would need to be rebuilt because of the smoke damage. So he said that the historic log house would be restored, returned to the community 
as the cherished Alki Homestead restaurant at some point. However, things did not look good for Lynn financially. So the building was left in disrepair for literally a decade. And after the fire, actually, this is a fun fact that I found on one of the websites that I researched, Mm. which will be referenced on our webpage for future reference, Mm -hmm. um, that apparently as Lynn was touring the devastation right after the fire, he found a huge handprint imprinted in the thick soot on one of the walls and thought it could have been a a fireman's hand. (gasps) We have a picture. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) Yes. We're going to post it on our Instagram. Thank you, Jimmy. (laughs) Um, But yeah, he thought it could have been a fireman's hand, but everyone always ponders, is it or Mm -hmm. is it supernatural? Um, And then, I mean, the only other history of the location is that before any settlers were there, the Duwamish tribe mm-hmm. occupied the area. Right. So. Well, that's what yeah. I heard too. I, I thought too that the, um, that area basically what I heard from, I think Tom was the one that uh, had told me that uh, Duwamish had a longhouse there on that spot too. It's like for years and years, and I don't know if that. Well, I mean, that would make to sense yeah. given the area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that was pretty fascinating. But yeah, it was. I have to say, of all the places I've investigated, this place was pretty amazing. Um, we got to investigate it about four or five times, I think. And um, I mean. The outside doesn't look that bad. You kind of look at it, it looks like, you know, a big log cabin, you know, that's what it used to look like. I'm not sure what it looks like right now because they've redone it. Um, But the outside used to look like, you know, a log cabin. It didn't look like it was fire damaged or anything, you know, from the outside. Hmm. But you go in and everything's gutted and, you know, it's just like burnt. Everything's black. The fireplace, when they say it's a huge stone fireplace and um, I show you those pictures too um it i can't even tell you what this what this fireplace looks like a huge cave a huge rock cave Hmm. um it's yeah it's really amazing actually to to look at but uh but the second that's still there since they've uh no it looks like it it was actually looking at some of the pictures on the inside unless the fireplace i saw was the one in the other room but I didn't see any pictures of this massive stone fireplace. It was the coolest looking fireplace. It was weird looking because it was so, I mean, like I said, it looked like a huge rock cave um, right. for the fireplace. But uh, but yeah, uh, you'll have to see those pictures. They're, they're absolutely amazing. I have some too I found. Awesome. Of the fireplace. And I, I don't know if they repurposed the fireplace for El Nido or if they like kept it. So I'm not sure, but... I know we're going to go there in a couple yeah. months for dinner. So we maybe have, we, we have reservations. But yes. <laughs> so it's just like, okay, we're going to check it out. And maybe hopefully we'll hear some ghost stories from some of the staff if they'll be brave enough to tell us. Well, That'd be fantastic. Actually, it's funny that you bring that up. And that's a perfect little segue, Jan. Um, okay. I have some ghost stories <gasps> about this location that I found online uh, oh. that I would love to share. And then maybe, June, you want to talk about the investigations? Please do. Yes. Cool. Okay. So apparently one of the waiters who used to work at the homestead, and this is like before the fire, 
So they said that they actually um, would smell the scent of a woman's perfume mm. where there was no one around to give off that scent. And it used to travel oh. throughout the building. Oh, and so that's awesome. Like we always talk about like smell is another capacity that mm-hmm. spirits can be like sensed with. And apparently there was a, a patron having dinner that noticed a picture of Ms. Nelson on the fireplace. Mm-hmm. And then he went to look for the bathroom. And when he got to the stairs, he saw her literally standing at the top of the stairs. Mm. Um, and recognized that it was the same person from the picture. But at the time, he didn't know who the picture was. Um, mm-hmm. So he asked a waiter who it was. And she said that that was the old owner, but passed away years ago. And so huh. he felt like a full-bodied apparition of her standing at the top of the stairs. Um, that's Those are two things. Mm-hmm. And then apparently when Lynn told his employees, Tom Lynn told his employees that he found a buyer for the restaurant in late 2008, I guess there was a huge uptick of inexplicable things. Um, Two employees uh, said that they watched a door, (laughs) the door, just think about this, a professional grade kitchen refrigerator, like the one that we sat inside of it spooked when we recorded. They're they're big. They're huge. Yeah. Um, Two employees saw the door of a professional-grade kitchen refrigerator unhinge and float across the room before crashing down several feet away. It's so hard for me to believe that, but hmm. I'm trying to keep an open mind. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I mean, but you're saying like that, it's like, oh two people God. saw it? Like, yeah. Yeah. What were they smoking, though? Oh, I'm so they probably weren't smoking. They started I mean, it's, it's <laughs> Seattle. <laughs> I know. Um, but well, you never know. I mean, I, I can't be so close-minded, so I'm, I'm opening my mind. Opening but that's my very mind. telling. I love that, June, you are close-minded because as an investigator, a lot of people think that we're like, we think everything is like no. a ghost. And it's like, no. it's not the case. We usually try to think it's mostly not until we can't prove that it is. Yeah, I feel like sometimes we can even be more. Like, I have to be really careful sometimes on tours because people will be so excited. They'll pull up, they'll bring up a picture and be like, look, it's a ghost. I'm like, no, it's not. And and (laughs) I'm like, okay, that was an asshole thing to say. What I meant to say was, it's not. (laughs) But, (laughs) oh, no, wait, that's still an asshole thing. And then Kim made children cry. (laughs) Listen, (laughs) I have to. How I stay young. From the tears. Stay yeah. young from the tears of the children. The tears yeah. of the children and the blood oh. of men. <laughs> that must be how I do it too. <laughs> but you know what they tears. need? They need evidence. <laughs> so dumb. <Lots> of evidence. <laughs> um, but anyway. Okay. So also apparently the phone would ring a bunch of times and then when people would pick it up, there was no one on the other line on the other end. And so mm. As soon as they hung, would hang up the phone, the phone would ring again, and the same mm-hmm. thing would happen. That sounds like what happened to us, Kim. It does. <laughs> it left for Sorry. Oh, I, really? I digress, but it was like, uh, Yes. Yes. Like, for, what, 20 minutes straight, it kept yeah. happening. And when yeah. we were leaving, we said, if you want us to stay, ring once. Ring. Right mm-hmm. on cue. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Amazing. Sorry. Sorry. I got off topic. But that no. was exciting. That's relevant. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. the same kind of thing. That's so cool. So similar. So that kind of stuff happens. And then apparently there were several occasions where chairs would get moved. So apparently Hmm. chairs would be arranged perfectly and stacked 
as they should be at the end of the night. And in the Mm -hmm. morning when people would come in, uh, the chairs would be placed in a circle facing each other. Hmm. And then one time um, there was a chair sitting by itself at the top of the stairs. Like there would just be chairs moved around. So it's happened multiple times. Hmm. And then a lot of people also think that the things that are moving, being moved around are things moved by uh, Ms. Nelson and that it's her. Other people think it's potentially like people from the Duwamish tribe, like we talked about. Hmm. Um, Yeah because they're unsettled, because their land was taken. There was a cook that actually knew people in a ghost, which is really- Oh, really? Yeah. And I got this article that gave a lot of this information, and it talks about an investigation that a ghost did. Oh, they're coming for you, Kim. Oh, that sounds really creepy. All of a sudden, I thought it was somebody going, (laughs) It is. It's really, it's really Miss Nelson. She's complaining. Yes. <laughs> That's not how it happened. No. <laughs> There's more to Seattle than the underground. I'm not sure if you've known this or not, but don't be fooled. Since 2004, Spooked in Seattle Tours, in association with A Ghost, Advanced Ghost Hunters of Seattle-Tacoma, the oldest and longest-running ghost tour in the area, has been telling the real stories of haunted Seattle and presenting evidence collected on actual paranormal investigations. They're the only tour run by actual paranormal investigators with over 30 years of experience and the only tour that takes you inside haunted locations. With a variety of different tours and events available, including their very own death museum and psychic readings after 5 p.m., Spooked in Seattle has been named one of the top ghost tours in the USA. Fun fact, they have actually won lots of different standings. They are the winner of the 2019 Trip Advisor Certificate of Excellence, ranked number two in the U.S. by USA Today, ranked number six in the U.S. by timeout.com, ranked number 14 in the U.S. by Country Living Magazine, and ranked number 16 in the U.S. by MSN.com. Some of the tours provided are the Pioneer Square Ghost Tours. On these tours, you will hear real stories of the ghosts that continue to haunt the area, topped off by venturing into a portion of Seattle's famous underground with nothing but a flashlight. They also have the How to Murder History Tour and the Pioneer Square Haunted Pub Tour. This one is my personal favorite. Party with the spirits on this 90-minute tour through Seattle's Pioneer Square, visiting a few of the city's most haunted drinking establishments along the way. Hear stories of the city's sex, scandals, murders, and the ghosts that still walk among us. Learn about the famous Seattle seamstresses. Hear about the corruption that pushed the people into their breaking points and the payoffs that changed the city forever. Your spine-chilling adventure starts at the historic J&M Cafe and ends at the world-famous Merchant's Cafe, Seattle's oldest restaurant that we talked about in episode one. One way or the other, you will encounter a spirit of some kind on this tour. And they even offer a deluxe Pioneer Square ghost tour with admittance and tour of the Death Museum with Ross Allison himself. But if you need even more... They offer admission to ghost hunts with some of our very own ghost members and including Ross. 
One of the ghost hunts that we have is the ghost hunt on the USS Turner Joy on September 7th at 9 p.m. Go to spookedinseattle.com for more tour times and tickets for any and all of the ghoulish fun Anyway, I want to pass it back to June. So those are just some ghost stories about the location. And there's nothing like specifically like death consuming that's happened there that we know of that's documented. I like right. that. Yeah, it's a good phrase, right? Death consuming. But like nobody died in the fire. Like everybody no. was okay during the fire. And right. I, I don't, it doesn't say anywhere that, um, Miss Nelson died in the home. She could have died in a hospital somewhere. You know, she didn't have to necessarily die there. Maybe she'd live somewhere but, else. You know, she probably put put so much of her blood, sweat, and tears in that place. And, yeah. you know, people basically called her the dragon lady because, you know, she was, you know, she was a tough old battle axe, you know, from what, you know, I have heard the, the stories of her. But I'm sure she had to be to keep right. that business running and to compete with all the other men, you know, that you know, had their businesses and she, I'm sure she just had to be. So, you know, I kind of admire her that she was such a strong person. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, like, I think she still, did she still own the restaurant when she was 80 when she died? I think so. It I was going to say. It was ownership of it until she passed. Yeah. That's really something, yeah. but, but yeah, we, we, like I said before, we had several investigations there and, um, um, oh, we, we had so many different experiences there. One time when I went there with um, my, or I have a side kind of group called the Ghost Girls, and we had a little investigation there one night ourselves. And I remember we also picked up the perfume smell, and it Ooh. just hit us really strong. And it, um, this has happened to me three times on investigations throughout since 2005 um where all of a sudden a really strong perfumey smell would hit you and then it would automatically disappear which is the freakiest thing when that happens to you because you know when a perfume smell hits you that's going to linger in the air for a while until it slowly dissipates but when something like practically goes up your nose and you smell it so strongly and then it just disappears it's the most weirdest sensation i just have to say but uh but yeah that happened to us there um and i can't remember what the flower smell was if it was roses or lilacs but anyway it was it was it was a rose i was more i think a flower smell um than anything else but uh but yeah it just disappeared and uh, that was really cool and then i think casey had her hair tugged on a couple of times which was pretty pretty cool Hmm. um was um, it was she around people when it happened or was it uh uh, she was by herself and all of a sudden she's like she because she was looking for something that her hair might have caught on um and there was nothing that her hair would have caught on because she was in Hmm. the middle of the room so that was kind of interesting um then when uh ross and i and john and casey I left anybody out, but we had an investigation there one time and, um, or several times, but there was one time, which was the absolute coolest thing. We were all downstairs doing an EVP session mm-hmm. 
and Ross was leading it. He had, he had the recorders going and I can't remember what the question he asked was, but next thing you know, we hear heavy footsteps walking above us. Oh. Now, walking right above us. And is, no one is above right now. No, no, okay. no one is upstairs at all. We're all downstairs doing an EVP session. Well, the thing about it too is the, the ceiling above us, which is the floor of the second floor, was almost burnt through from the fire. So nobody could walk on that oh, part or they would have safe. Yeah. They would have fallen through. I mean, it was, you could even see through it because it was burnt so bad. So we hear this for a full over, uh, over a minute and we're listening to it going, Oh my God. I remember Ross and I looking at each other with big smiles on our faces going, Oh my God, you hear that? It's so loud. And it either sounds like high heels or boots, you know, one of the two, very heavy. So of course, as soon as we hear that, and as soon as it finishes, we go running up the stairs to make sure mm -hmm. there isn't like, you know, a homeless person that had just been hiding in a you know, closet and decided to come out. But like I said, there's no way somebody could have walked over that area anyway, or they would have fallen through the floor. There's just no way. Mm -hmm. We looked upstairs and you could still walk around the edges of the, of the floor to be safe, which is really fun. You know, let's guess and see if the floor is safe enough. Cause you know, I did that several times like, Oh my God, <laughs> you know, I'm going to make a skylight. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> So we looked every single space upstairs, nobody upstairs. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was amazing because we all heard it and, uh, and it was, it was pretty loud. I mean, like clump, clump, clump. Of course, one of my friends was like, Oh, I'm sure it was just a raccoon. I was like, well, if the raccoon was wearing, you know, stiletto heels or something, you know, <laughs> that's a but, sight for sore eyes. Yes, exactly. I have the best <laughs> visual right now. Yeah, me too, actually. Oh, She's so it. sassy too. <laughs> yes. The sassiest uh, trash panda. <laughs> the trash panda. Real trash. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, God. So but, um, but no, it was, uh, it was just, it was really such an incredible place. And, um, you know, and also too, which was kind of strange, this place had no power, but our, you know, K2 meters, Mel meters, they all kept going off at different times. And that was a constant thing. Um, you know, we kept thinking with all the, you know, wires out there and everything, maybe, you know, you know, maybe it was the high MF outside, but then we go outside and there's nothing, you know, it's like, mm. what the heck? But we go inside and the, you know, the mel meters and the K2 meter is just going, you know, off the chart. So that was pretty amazing. And so I have a question for you. Did, did the building have any power whatsoever? Not when so, we investigated it. No. Got it. So like since the fire, they didn't like when, before they fixed anything up. So you were there before they fixed anything. Yeah, it was complete. It was still burnt. It was a burnt husk. <laughs> yeah, it was just burnt. Well, but yeah. that's interesting too, because if there's no power, like obviously, and you're doing EVPs, 
your and you have like your EMF detectors, it's even less likely for the EMFs to go off, right? Because exactly. there's no power near you. Were you having a lot of hits with that? Yeah, we just kept having, and we, I remember asking questions and getting some responses, you know, it's like a lot of times when you ask questions and you have like a K2 meter or something mm -hmm. and you make sure that the K2 meter is sitting on something so you're not holding it and, you know, making it go off or anything like that, but you have it down and you're asking questions like, you know, are you a male or a female, you know, are you a male? And then it goes up to the red, are you female? And then it goes up to the red. And, um, I think in that case, it had a male, well, you know, supposedly a male, you know, energy that was supposed to do that. And I know a lot of people say that, you know, the K2 meter is very um, chancy, you know, doing right. a lot of these things because sometimes they'll give a lot of false readings. But, you know, I, I say that if you have direct responses and it's not answering you know, with the same questions that you're, you know, asking over and over, and it is answering with those questions, you know, going all the way up to the red, something might be going on, you know, that was, that's just a little too much coincidence, you know, so, but, uh, but yeah, that place was just incredible, you know, Ross, um, and I think that that is the place that he had people stay, stand in each corner of the room, and, take pictures then they all got the same like kind of bright shiny orb even though we don't do orb pictures but you know i think in that case that all, all of them got the same orb on the picture okay um, question oh that's interesting yeah. i have questions i have questions okay so we haven't really <laughs> talked about orbs very much on the podcast mm -hmm. so i think this would be a really great time to talk about it so i'm gonna ask both of you because you're mm -hmm. a little bit more seasoned than i am what would you consider to be an orb why would you dismiss pictures of orbs or counting something as an orb what are your thoughts why why do you feel that way well most most orbs i'm gonna say 99.9 percent .9 of <laughs> pictures of orbs are actually like dust that kind of comes up and especially when you when you have a flash on the camera it's going to reflect back you know to the camera and so. and very quickly if anyone is unclear what we mean when we are saying orbs uh it's basically a a, a little ball of light that appears um in your photograph in the photograph uh, which, for a lot which I, I i feel like is something that we've all probably have <laughs> happened in the photograph mm -hmm. uh, many Especially many times with digital cameras yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well one of the things too is um i mean you know a lot of people have it appear in digital cameras and mm -hmm. um you know i i wish i could be more techy and explain the reason why um you know dust kind of shows up more in digital cameras it has to fill in the pixels i have no idea well i mean you're also getting into uh, as as cameras have improved um i mean light is is faster than our brain can process mm -hmm. and so um a piece of dust for example can catch the light and we're not seeing it it's it's happening faster than our eye can process it but if you hit just the right moment and particularly if the light is coming from your camera then yes it's preserved mm -hmm. 
That's true. That's right. But, you know, I mean, I'm not saying there aren't orbs um, because I've actually seen orbs with my own eyes. I mean, oh, my God. Where? And it's not. Like? It's actually not just a pickup line when I say, you know, I'll show you my orbs if you show me yours. (laughs) 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 You know, I don't use that line anymore. Um, But, I mean, well, actually, I can say at the Walker Ames house, I actually saw little floating lights down the basement. I wasn't the only one. There were three of us. We could not find a source, not from outside, anywhere Hmm. else. And we saw these little bright lights just floating around because we thought it was somebody's laser detector you know going okay <laughs> but, it's like it's aliens trying to you know play with us really ghosts um, actually just have a laser pointer and they're yeah. doing that to make us think that it's a ghost here, here watch this guys watch this <laughs> But, you know, honestly, though, if you can see them with your own eyes and they are light and they are giving off light, that's a real orb. Um, it, it could also be ball lightning if you see it outside, you know, things mm. like that. But if you see it like are floating around doing loop-de-loops, things like that, um, you know, that's not normal for ball lightning either, you know. <laughs> But if somebody showed me a picture of an orb, unless I had seen it myself, I just, you know, but, you know, then if they say, well, we, you know, me and my teammate, we both saw it with our own eyes. I'd be like, hmm, you know, that may be a little more. My, and this is, this is where I, I, I feel it can sometimes be hard for me when I have uh, specifically people on tours show me photos that they are so excited about Mm -hmm. is that when it, when it comes down to it, it's so hard to prove. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's so hard when you don't have control of an environment and you don't have control of what's happening. And if you do have control again, then that makes it a lot easier because you can say, these are the precautions we took to make sure that what we are catching is not reflections. What we are catching is not dust. Mm-hmm. What we are catching is not a bug. Because I think what a lot of people don't appreciate is is how much light can really reflect off of dust. Oh, yeah, definitely. And in these older spaces, especially, there's so much dust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, oh knows what we're breathing in but yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. it's 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 when when someone shows me a photo of an orb and i'm automatically skeptical it's not me trying to crush their joy mm-hmm. it's that I crush her. i, I yes, am I I, according to one parent i crush their child's spirits and i'm Aww. like women <laughs> if Who's i crush their Who's spirit next? they needed it yes it's crush but <laughs> um but in order to be taken seriously, we have to be skeptical. In mm-hmm. order to be taken seriously, we have to do our due diligence. And when you're showing us a random photograph, I don't know the circumstances. I don't know who else was there. I don't know who else was taking pictures. I don't know what other light sources were happening. Yeah. I don't know. There's so much I don't know. And so I can only speak to this one moment I see. And in mm-hmm. this one moment, you're right. I see an orb. Is it a paranormal orb? Eh. I see like five different spots a flash could be 
right. reflecting off of. Or it could be a bug because you're outdoors. And guess what? There'd be bugs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the there's a, well, and there's that great video that I don't remember. Somebody posted to a ghost a couple of years ago that was um, in a bank, I want to say. It was like CCTV footage or something. And it looks like this shadow that's moving around the bank floor. And people are like, oh, oh, it's a demon. <laughs> of course it and, is. And when you look at the video footage, you really start looking at it. You're like, it's a fly. I see a leg. I see another. Yeah. No, it was a spider. Oh, that's It was right. in right. the lens of the camera. Oh, my right. God. That's like a horror film. Yeah. But it's, and, and once you knew that's what you were looking for, it became a lot clearer. You're like, yeah. again, I can pick out its legs. I can kind of see the body now. But if you were to just look at it, especially when we are so open to suggestion, if somebody shows you something and says, this is a ghost, you, your brain now is not thinking. Like, I want it to be a ghost. So exactly. I'm to make it look like a ghost. But yeah, it's, it's the reason that we don't, when we get EVPs, we don't say what mm-hmm. we think we're hearing because we are programmed as human beings to, uh, hear what others hear and to see what we want to see and if somebody puts that suggestion in our minds we cannot help ourselves unless it's so clear that yeah but when you hear something like take a walk with me or something like that you know (laughs) which i have one of those too which is creepy as hell but i won't tell anybody what i think it says because i want them to yeah what do you think it says first and then if they say that, it's like, yes, that's what it says. So speaking <laughs> of did you get any while you were at Homestead? You know, we do have a few that are not spectacular. You know, maybe Class B or Cs. They're not Class A, which Class A are the best. The best of the um, best of the yes, best. the best EVPs you can get. One thing about the orbs, though, I, I was just thinking, too. I had somebody come up to me and say, oh, you know, this is a picture of me at my grandma's funeral with the family. And there's this orb on my shoulder that I think it's my grandma, you know, in the picture. You know, I'm not going to say, you're full of shit, you know. (laughs) You know, it's like, sometimes you just got to go. It it just might be. That's really, really nice. And then walk off because, you know, because I want to crush someone. No, not like that. Not like that, Kim. Not like that, Kim. Kim doesn't care. She'll be like, no, that's not a ghost. (laughs) Your grandma's dead. What the fuck? What's wrong with you? Your grandma's dead and rotting in her grave. She's not rotting yet. They just buried her. They're just a funeral. Come on. Formaldehyde, man. <laughs> Embalming, man. But, you know, I just had to bring that up, too, <laughs> because, you know, man. I have had Embalming. those things before, you know. It's like, oh, this is my childhood, and this is a picture, you know, this little orb, you know, I think it's, I think it's her, and, you know, I'm just not going to go, oh, my God, lady, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I mean, sometimes it depends on, like, how bad a day I've had. Yeah. <laughs> like, if I'm not a pretty, or if they've tipped me well, when they've tipped me well, I'm like, you're right, that's a ghost. It's totally a major ghost. ghost. You should sell that. No, you should keep it forever and tell everyone you got a picture of a ghost. When they haven't tipped me, I'm like, yeah, you know what? It's nothing. It's nothing. You're, you're worthless. You should go away and never come back. It's really God. funny, though, because I feel like there's there's lots of platforms where you can see pictures and photos and videos and what have you. You can see it on, like, Instagram posts or 
Facebook groups and things. And there's this one Facebook group. I'm not going to say what group I'm in, but there's a group that I'm in that has, no, (laughs) um, but a lot of people post in it and you'll get people that will post like nanny cams or like baby monitor cams. And it shows like literally like a speck of dust go by and like us in our right minds were like, that's dust. And then they'll post it and be like, oh my God, did you see that? Look at how crazy this is. Should I move? Like they'll (laughs) they'll literally post something and be so dramatic about it. And they'll get this whole thread of people commenting on it. And you'll get people like us that are like, it's dust, calm down. Like, and then you get people that are, yeah, it's like, you're fine. It's your baby's fine. It's just, maybe you might want to dust that room a little bit. You know, like, (laughs) it's just really interesting to see the spectrum of people that are willing to believe in something like that. Get the pledge out, honey. Right. But I mean, sometimes (laughs) you do see something. So for example, like for orbs, I know I've seen like video evidence of something that will literally like fold and flash and the light will like reflect off of it in weird ways and it'll get brighter and dimmer and almost look like a sliver so it becomes an oval shape and a round shape and move in like weird directions and then like fly up into the corner into the ceiling is that something that you guys would feel is more valid as evidence of an orb or if you're in more of a controlled environment or would you still question that question everything i mean yeah i'm programmed to to question everything but i i will say there has been a handful of times well, no, I mean, I, it's, because this happens again so often on tours and I almost now have this like checklist of, these are things I'm going to ask anyone who, who comes up to me and says, look at what I, oh, if it happened on a tour, I automatically discount it. Just not again, not to be an asshole, but just, this is not a controlled environment. When you were taking this picture, so were five other people. This is not, you, you cannot take this seriously, but people will come up and show me photos sometimes. And as soon as you go down that hole of admitting that every single thing must be paranormal, that for me is where I lose my reputation. And so I have to have a healthy dose of, of skepticism no matter right, what. Right, and if it means sometimes you're, uh, you're kind of that guy that's bringing the party down, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sorry, right now I got to be that guy. Right. Everybody well, you know, has a pooper. That's what we yes. say. Exactly. Party pooper. Uh, poop on your potty. And I, I don't want to discourage people's the thing. I don't want people to feel like they shouldn't take pictures or they shouldn't try or that they shouldn't share evidence. And that I also feel like it's kind of a fine line we walk, specifically when I'm when I'm doing a tour versus when I'm I'm just working as an investigator. If I'm working as your tour guide. I, it's not dissimilar to when I'm working with a child. I want to nurture you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're just little shits, but <laughs> yes. I want to nurture you. And so I don't want to discourage your enthusiasm. I don't want to kill your joy here. Um, you sure? Just kidding. <laughs> well, no, I mean, well, cause they're paying customers. They might review us, but yes. I, I don't, I don't want to completely stomp all over their excitement. Right. Especially when you have like, when I have kids show me pictures, I'm, it's so hard to say to them, these are all the rational explanations for what you've caught in your photo. Cause you, you don't want them to get mm-hmm. discouraged and they get discouraged so easily, but you also don't want to feed them false information. Right. Right. So 
when I'm dealing with people on tours, I'm a lot more likely to, I'll say, well, it could be. Yes, it that's could what I do too. This. Mm-hmm. It could be it could be a reflection. It could be dust. But you know what? It could be a spirit. You never, yeah, you never know. know. That's what I say all the time. Yeah. Too. And when I'm strictly being asked as an investigator, when somebody sends me something or my friends show me pictures or I'm speaking to somebody, uh, you know, purely as an investigator, I'm a lot more mm-hmm. hard. Um, because but again, now it. it's, it's, it's yeah. honest. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm blunt. I'm a blunt human. And sometimes I think this is a Pacific Northwest thing. Like I spent enough time on the East coast that I lost some of my Pacific Northwest, like passive aggressiveness. I'm going to tell you what I think right. because you've asked my opinion. I've never gotten opinion. the passive aggressiveness and I'm too direct for most people here anyway. <laughs> so it's not, it's right. one that, and people don't always know what to do with that. And so it can be taken as, as being discouraging. And that is in no way what I, I want, but the only way we are ever going to prove anything or convince somebody is if we can present truly scientific <laughs> evidence. <laughs> Okay, I've got questions. Yes. <laughs> I have questions. I have questions. Okay, but June. Yes. In this article that I found that talks about this investigation that you guys did at the homestead, bringing it back to the homestead, do you remember using magnetic oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about what that experiment looked like and how you used it and what kind of results you got from it? That was actually something that Ross had done uh, with the bag- magnetic marbles. A lot of times what we do, I don't know if you've seen magnetic marbles, but they clink together really fast. So sometimes if you put them six, seven inches apart on a table, it has to be a very, you know, level surface. Sometimes, you know, and you know they're not close enough to where they're going to attract to each other and hit. So they have to be far enough away from each other where, you know, they're not going to pull together, basically. We'll put the magnetic marbles like 10 inches apart. And then all of a sudden, they start, you know, moving around and then attract each other and bam. And you'll hear the loud click, too. So, you know, that uh, that happens, too. But um, I know we've done it, you know, in several different places. We've had some results. Even at Spooked in Seattle, we've had some results with that, which is pretty cool. So they were spread out on the floor upstairs where the walking had occurred. Where you guys heard the walking I'm happening. I'm sorry, the walking dead? Yeah, oh. the, walking yeah, the dead. literal yes. walking dead. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that, like, there were, you had put motion sensing cameras on it to keep an eye on it. But it didn't say whether or not anything happened with them uh, it's that you guys used them so i wasn't out. sure if you yeah i, I can't remember, remember that one but like i said we've, we were there about four or five times investigating and i've been on probably maybe a thousand investigations so i'm, I'm really have a hard time sometimes they all wow. blur together I'm, Thousand investigations. Maybe not that, many, but <laughs> that no, that, I mean, but that's well, maybe I, I, might, I might have. You know, I've been doing this since two thousand five, so Damn. you know, if I, you know, maybe that's like every single weekend, but <laughs> maybe you know, five hundred. I don't know. Did you experience loss of battery oh, life yeah, while you were yes. there? I, I, I forgot about that, but definitely that was a big thing there. Um, I mean, there are a lot of different places that we've experienced battery life, which um, one of the theories is that a lot of spirits supposedly, when they're trying to manifest or 
communicate with you will kind of drain the energy away from you or the batteries or something to get more energy. So I don't know, you know, that's, it's a good theory, but that has happened to us quite a few times in some, you know, very haunted locations. So, and that was one of them. I remember that, um, putting new batteries in the electromagnetic field detector and all of a sudden, like two minutes later, it's like, what do you mean it's empty? You know, it's like there must have been bad batteries. And then you just kind of so throw fast. them out and put in other batteries. And it's like, what the hell? You know, like, you know, but half an hour later, it's like, come on, these are Duracell. They're not, you know, dollar store batteries. <laughs> it's like, come <laughs> on. Um, and um, let's see, what was one of the other ones that, that we, oh, camera batteries. So it was one of the weird things that happened several times, as I remember, is all of a sudden I look and the battery said that it was almost completely drained. So I just put it away, whatever, not use it the rest of the night. And then when I go out to the car or something, I just kind of look at it and it says full battery. It's like, what the hell? That happened to me several times. That's there. weird. I never have heard of a battery like that gaining life, like once it leaves the building. It was just bizarre because I don't know if it was just, you know, but then that didn't just happen to me. That happened to a couple other people. So that was pretty cool, too. That is definitely but, interesting. Yeah, that place is an amazing place. Um, you know, I'm really glad that they saved it. I really hope they save some remnant of the huge chimney, you know, huge fireplace, I mean, that was in there. I'm about as psychic as a turnip. <laughs> I don't have any psychic ability whatsoever. But when I was in there, I felt like there was this feminine presence and you know i might have been swayed by all the stories of you know, doris walking around and being seen by several people but i really almost felt that way sometimes and like i said the strong perfume mm, smell right. everything like that it was really it was really wild um yeah just being in that that place was pretty cool that sounds like an awesome time yeah i feel like when we go there for dinner, we should bring all our equipment. And I think so. I'm actually, you know, I'm <laughs> definitely going to bring my, well, you know, it's really stupid. I think I'm going to bring my recorder, but. It's going to be a loud restaurant. Right. <laughs> it's going like to record other people's there. conversations. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> I just, I'll just put it on the family's table that's down there. Do you mind if I put this recorder on your table? Just in case you might. Pardon me. <laughs> It's like, I would love to know about all the ins and outs of your relationship. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's like when, when I went to the Winchester house, which we'll have to do a separate episode on the Winchester house because it's not local to Seattle, but I do kind of want to do an episode on it at some point in time. But I brought like my thermal camera. I brought my EMF detector and I just went on a regular tour <laughs> but, <you> know, <laughs> like during the day. And I was that guy. I will. T that's fine. I was okay with that. I weirded out like a whole slew of people that were on our tour, and we got like weird hits though in the basement, and that was weird. Um, so I mean, I'll talk about that later. But I love being that guy. I'll bring my thermal camera to dinner. You know, walk around, go to the bathroom, and get lost, and hope that I someone at the top of the stairs. I have done that. In St. Augustine, I was doing an EVP session in the bathroom um, <laughs> while this woman was walking in. I'm sorry, in 
the bathroom. bathroom. <laughs> in the St. Augustine lighthouse, you know, it's like. Was there another lady in there that you weirded well, out? when she walked in and I was like talking. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like. You like weirding out people in the yeah. bathroom, don't you? <laughs> that could be taken the wrong way, Kim. <laughs> I mean, or the right way. That's, that's when I say, can I show me your orb so you can see mine? <laughs> Sorry, I need a t-shirt that says that. I don't know why. Um, I think show me your orbs. shirt that says Cherry uh, Poppins. Cherry yeah. Poppins? Uh, ask me about Cherry Poppins and I'll show you my yeah. orbs. Oh, no. You should have a new band called Cherry Poppins and the Orbs. Yes. <laughs> Oh my I god! To that band. It's a, Kim and I will be your orbs. <laughs> uh -huh. But I actually have a quote from Ross talking about the homestead. He said it's definitely an intelligent haunting due to the fact that when we try to capture EVPs, we get reactions. There is an intelligence. It is female based on the sound of the voice that we captured. As to who it is, we can't say for sure. It's still early in the stages right now because again, it's all being at the right place at the right time. So we talk about that all the time about needing to be at the right place at the right time. Yeah. He also said, I'm one of the ghost hunters that can't tell you that ghosts exist. And I don't try to tell you that they do. I just try to at least open your mind to the idea that they could exist and that there is something out there and that we are not wasting our time. Mm. So that kind of goes back to Kim, what you were saying about like, not always wanting to say that it's a ghost, but also not being closed minded to it. Yeah. I think it's it's a fine line you sometimes Good walk. Balance. Definitely. Yeah. Gotta stay in the gray area. Did you have anything else that you wanted to add? Well, we have open membership for a ghost. We always are looking for new investigators. And so you can also check out our website at uh, aghost.org. That's A-G-H-O-S-T dot O-R-G. Feel free to join us and uh, find out where we're going to be. And our a ghost page on Facebook and check out Spooked in Seattle, too, for some amazing ghost tours. Yes, and we also have open meetings every other week for anyone who is not Actually, a member that is interested in becoming Sunday. a member. Second, second and fourth Sunday. Sunday. Perfect. A new member and orientation on, so like, every other third? or It is every other month, but I think I had to skip October because for obvious reasons because it's october and, yes and, yeah. i think it was like november 18th or something like that for new member orientation but please feel cool. free to visit um before you join it's always important to see if you can actually make the meetings i think that's always very important yes because yes, if you don't make the meetings you can't participate in an investigation yeah, just one a month no ghosts just for you one yes. meeting a month one meeting totally. a month but anyone can come and that's something that was also listed on our a ghost facebook page too so you can find the information there hey. as well well thank you guys for having um, me on this was too fun. fun thank you yeah, of course and um having said that we already kind of plugged a ghost but for more information on the location of spooked in seattle and the tours offered that kim does where she will give you true information about ghosts and orbs if you have them. And if you tip her, you can visit <laughs> spookedinseattle.com. Please tip me. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram at a ghost stories and say hi. We also have a Facebook page um, that's called a ghost stories podcast, which for some reason is all one word. And if you have any paranormal stories 
of your own that you would like us to share on a future episode, email us at a ghost stories podcast at gmail.com. Please subscribe and or follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. We would super appreciate if you could leave any ratings or reviews on Apple podcasts because we're there too. And that helps us get more visibility. If you rate and review, we're easily accessible also on Spotify as well as transistor. Thank you for listening and, uh, stay spooky, Seattle. Seattle.